usually we do this at the end of camp, but my wife is uh, 38 weeks pregnant, and I don't know if I'm going to make it to the end of camp. I may have to go drive him back to Kentucky and be with my wife if, uh, if God brings the baby early. But, um, but the, the whole idea behind this talk that we're going to do today is I'm going to let you guys relive my childhood. Okay? So my dad's going to be challenging parents all week long. Hey, you guys got to be an authority to your children. You need to have these conversations. Don't ask pastor to do it. Don't ask the pastor, youth pastor to do it. You guys can have these conversations. We're going to prove that to you today. We're going to prove to you guys that you can have these conversations with your children because we're, I'm going to be in the audience with you guys, and my dad's going to be doing what he did with me as a little kid. So I'm going to, I'm going to go back to that in a second. But before I do, why are we doing this? Have you guys heard the term fake news? Yeah, I mean, everyone's laughing. It's all over the news, right? And, and it doesn't matter if you're a Democrat or Republican, if you support Hillary or Donald, they're all saying, fake news, fake news. And, and what's happening is we're buying off on a lot of fake news. If you were to look at the world today, this has become our younger generation right here. And one more. Let's see if I can get this video. Oh, hey, Mike. Where do you have to? Uh, just diagramming this accident with my State Farm Pocket Agent app. Hmm. You can also get a quote and pay your premium with this thing. I thought State Farm didn't have all those apps. Where'd you hear that? The Internet. And you believed it? Yeah. They can't put anything on the Internet that isn't true. Where'd you hear that? The, the Internet. Internet. Oh, look. Here comes my date. I met him on the Internet. He's a French model. Uh, bonjour. State Farm. More mobile than ever. Get to a better state. You don't know how many times I've had a youth member come up to me and say, you won't believe what I heard. Where'd you hear it? Facebook? All right, what was the source? So how do we handle fake news? Well, if I was telling someone to give advice on political news and stuff like that, I'd say, hey, check the source. Don't just believe the subtitle. Look at the content of it, right? And, and, and encourage them to go deeper than, than just what's written on the surface. You know what? That's what we need to do in all areas of our life. We can, we, fake news is going on in the Christian world with Christian television, movies, and even pastors on the pulpit, fake news is being preached. It's going on in uh, the schools. Le uh, yesterday we uh, learned a little bit about evolution, the teaching of that, and so we have to know, what is fake? What is real? How do we decipher? And we're going to go through training all week. Now what we're going to do this morning is we're going to look at the fake news in uh, Christian television. So we're going to look at a show called The Bible. Now The Bible is an excellent uh, production. All right, it has a lot of good things on it. And the one thing I want you guys to know is I am not looking for us to attack the show. That is not my goal in this. I'm not trying to attack all Christian media, all Christian content. But what I want to do is anytime you have news out there being thrown at you, fake news, whether it's teachings in Christian television, evolutionary teaching, or the news, I want you to look at the source. And so, of course, in a show called The Bible, what should be our source? The Word of God, the Bible. And so what we're going to do is we want to teach you how to think, not what to think. And so when I was a little kid, here's what my dad would do with me, okay? We would sit down and watch a television show, and we'd start watching it. And then he would stop it. He's like, hey, did you catch that? I'm like, what, Dad? And he's like, hey, let's go in the Bible and see. And he would compare the word to what was being taught. And then we'd watch a show. He'd stop it. My sister by then would be storming out of the room. We can't watch a show without you preaching to us. But that's the number one compliment you can get as a parent, isn't it? You know, if you can get a compliment saying, you know what, you're always preaching, you're always teaching, that's what we should be doing. And so we're going to do that. We're going to watch a little bit of a show, we're going to play it, then we're going to stop it, and then we're going to let you guys bring up some discussion points. And so I'm going to be walking around with the microphone asking you guys, uh, you know, how does it compare 
to the ultimate source. So this is different. It's interactive. I wrote this for the youth group. And so my dad and I do this together, usually at the end of the week. So after all the teaching throughout the week, we put it into practice. But we're going to do this a little bit early to, to kind of get the pattern set because we're doing family huddles in the morning. You guys can do that. You saw how simple it was with just a little pepper and salt and water, how you can give a good Bible lesson, right? You guys can practice it during the week. Um, the scripture verse I just want you, want you to think of before I finally hand it over to my dad to get us started is the Bereans, right? And it said, who were the Bereans? The Bereans were a group of believers where Paul went and started teaching to the Bereans, all right? And what the Bereans do? They said, ah, Paul, I'm not going to quite believe everything you're going to say. I'm going to compare it to the Word of God. And so that's what we're called to do is we need to compare. And, and one thing about Paul is, think about it. When Paul was preaching to the Bereans, did he have the New Testament? Was he preaching out of the gospel? Was he preaching, through, uh, you know, John through Revelation? No. He was actually teaching the Old Testament, starting in Genesis, and how it pointed to Jesus. And that's when they started comparing it and reading it. So we're going to be going through Genesis. The first five minutes of the Bible, we're going to go through it, and we're going to be Bereans. We're going to compare it to Scripture. Dad, do you have anything to add for that? Nope. All right. So you guys are now in my living room. You're on my couch. We're watching TV with my daddy, and this is what I seriously went through. I'm not exaggerating as a child growing up in the Kirby home, and you know what? I appreciate it. I appreciate that. My dad taught me how to think, not what to think. He'd be asking me a lot of questions, and he'd say, did you look at this? And he'd be challenging me to go on the Word. So I'm going to be sitting here, and we're going to enjoy the show together. Uh, little uh, 
learned that they put up. This program is an adaptation of Bible stories. First key, right there. First yellow flag, parent. The Word of God is not a storybook. The Word of God is historical accounts. It doesn't teach Bible stories. It teaches biblical history. So that right there is a yellow flag to me as a parent. If I'm going to teach children Bible stories, what makes my stories in better than their stories? If it's historical accounts, then what I read here, how does it apply to the world that I live in? And that's the connection that I'm going to try and do with you guys this week. All right? Um, and it endeavors to stay true to the spirit of the book. Oh, we are really heading into some bad land now. Stay true to the spirit of the book? That is open to interpretation. When it, when it gets open to what do you think? What do you think? Well, my feeling is, oh, my goodness, we are toast. When it's based on my feelings, trust me, my feelings are not good. <coughs> From some seeds that contain violence, we are discussion is about. And I agree. Uh, some of it was kind of violent. There's one clip that I'll show here that is actually a little bit violent. So you got to be smart with your children, whether you want to watch this or not. But to me, guys, you can do this. So we're going to watch a clip. You need to come up with three things. Is it wrong to speculate? No. There's good speculation and bad speculation. Look, we don't know everything. God didn't tell us everything in this word. But he gave us a strong enough foundation that we can make some good assumptions. I will not die on an assumption. I will stand on the word of God, but I will not die on an assumption. And so we'll point some of those things out. But I think this is a catalyst of conversation. Parents, talk with your children. Amazing things happen. What'd you catch? True, false speculation. This is not me lecturing you. This is participatory, so get involved. What'd you catch? We got a hand back there. And be thinking, because we can make this go boom, boom, boom. Okay, I'm going to say there's a little bit of each going on there. The speculation part was no one was there to see Noah in the ark and how things were actually going on inside the ark during the flood. True, though, there was a flood, there's an ark. We got that from the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's true. That's where I would start going with it as you continue on here. That's where I'm based. I'm like, okay, they're giving me an idea of what it was like on the ark, but it could have been a lot better. I mean, I know there's a lot of, I'm kind of cheating here because I, you know, you know where I'm coming from, but um, there's a lot of good resources out there that says some really good science of how they could have survived in the ark with a more smoother ride, too. I don't know. I'm just saying that's their speculation on what it was like in the ark. So the rough ride? Yeah. The speculation? So. Well, I got this one up here. Yes, sir. It's out of context. 
It's out of context. How do you mean? Okay, so they're on the ark and they're quoting Genesis. But it, so Genesis has the account of the flood, but in the beginning was before the flood. Okay, so they're quoting something that happened in the beginning, so it's not in context. Um, quoting Genesis. Let's, let's throw these out and then we'll attack them. We'll come back at them. Okay, got one over here and then run it. Uh, didn't Moses write? Didn't Moses write Genesis? Books? How did they have Genesis when they went onto the ark? Okay, what about, sir? So instead of starting with uh, Genesis, they're starting in Noah to kind of avoid that whole issue. Okay? All right. Ma'am? The animals look very modern. Modern animals. Did they take modern-day ostriches, giraffes, and those types of animals? Ma'am? They were afraid. I mean, the, they were afraid. They're inside the ark. Come on. God told them to go in there. Why would they be afraid? One more. I saw a hand. Did I see one? Okay, just to keep it moving, because we have a really short time on this, this talk typically, to go through five minutes, takes an hour. Seriously, because once you get into it and start engaging, it's really kind of fun. Um, you missed, like, to me, the most obvious one. The most obvious one. I mean, when I'm watching this, Noah didn't have a Scottish accent. Come on, man. <laughs> I felt like I'm watching an episode of Braveheart or something, you know what I mean? I mean, like, in the beginning, God. I'm like, no, man. He didn't have a Scottish accent. I'm, hey, look, I'm simple. I'm the son of a professional wrestler. You guys want deep? You're not getting deep with me. I'm superficial, all right? So I can guarantee you that's false. Noah did not have a Scottish accent, okay? So let's move beyond that. Uh, next, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He's quoting Genesis. They didn't have Genesis on the ark. Wasn't that one that was brought up? Okay. Can I gently challenge you? That was extremely weak. Can I gently challenge you? This is something that I find interesting. There's a phrase in the scripture called a toledot, and it happens 11 times. And it happens in Genesis 5. It says this. This is the book of the generations of Adam. That is every other time, the other 10 times for certain, no doubt about it, it's a signature. And whoever signed that wrote the previous portion. So if this is consistent with the other 10, what would that mean? Genesis 1 to 4 was written by, oh, but Carl, the Bible says the book of Moses. Genesis is the book of Moses. Moses wrote it. Not necessarily. Can I gently challenge you on that? doesn't mean that he had to write it. How about he compiled it and put it together? What would make the most sense? How about the person that was there on day five who went through all of this? Wouldn't they have been the best person to write it? Now, I, look, I'm not going to argue with you. It's the inspired word of God. Whoever God breathed through wrote it, and it was accurate. But to me, I think it makes sense that possibly Adam was the one to have written that. They carried those texts with them. Moses compiled them. And there's a reason I like this. I'm not going to die on this sword. I'm not going to die on this sword. There's a reason I like it, though. One of the tools that's used to get a generation to doubt is the simple thing called telephone game. Have any of you ever played telephone game? Let me get 10 kids, children, sorry. I'm trying to be politically correct. My son was on me yesterday. I said shut up, and that was wrong. My grandchildren are in the room. Dad, okay. 
Yes, I got chewed out on that one. Um, and you said it twice. I know, I did. Um, anyway, telephone game. You give a child whisper, whisper, whisper message. Next child, whisper, whisper, whisper. By the time you get to number 10, it's totally messed up. How can you trust the Bible? I mean, thousands of years of people translated and all these copiers and all these mistakes. How ridiculous. Look, if you want to attack the Word of God, attack the Word of God appropriately and accurately. Let's take the biblical history here. This is the biblical genealogies, all right? This is, you start with Adam, and I want you to see something. Oh, my pointer's not bright enough. But anyway, anyway, you start with Adam, and it goes on and goes on and goes on. Here's the flood. I want you to think about this. You want to use telephone game to make fun of the Bible? Do it the way that the biblical histor historical account lays out. Look at who Adam overlaps with for a long time. Methuselah. Not for a 20-second, 10-second whisper session. For years. For years. Adam compiles this part. He passes it on to Methuselah. Look at who Methuselah overlaps with. Noah, Shem, Ham, Japheth. And not for one little 20-second, 10-second whisper session. For years. If you want to make fun of the Bible using telephone game, then you need to take, look how many connecting points to get to Moses. One, two, three, four, five, six. Give me six people. Give this person 10 years to make sure that they get this message right. Then give this person 10 years to make sure this person gets it right. And by the way, if there's one thing they knew how to do is to transmit information. We have the textual documents, the number 98.7% accuracy. 98.7% accuracy and tens of thousands of manuscripts? And you're going to tell me that they didn't know how to transmit information accurately? And the mistakes that we have are like a little dash here, nothing that has anything to do with meaning? Telephone game does not attack the Word of God. It only attacks it if we don't teach a generation that this is a wrong analogy, guys. Okay? Now, now, here's a, here's a gorilla in the room, brother. Methuselah, 969 years. How ridiculous. Nine, people living that long? I talked with a group yesterday. Thank you for talking with me. Uh, so I'm sorry about this rehash. But let me show you. You think people living long ages is a problem for us? Absolutely not. It is absolutely consistent with what the Word of God teaches. There are people today, look, the first person to live for a thousand years is probably already alive. There are multiple, multiple scientists, non-Christians, who are studying the human body that are saying that there is a gene inside the human body that they can turn it on, and when they turn it on, we're not going to just live for a thousand years. This guy right here just wrote in uh, Scientific American, brand new, just got it before I came down here, pulled it out, haven't read it all. We will be immortal. Because the question is, why do we die so young? The oldest piece on our body, except for our teeth, is like 28 days. We're constantly regenerating. Our bodies are rebuilding themselves. Why do we die so young? Because at a certain point, the telomeres on our chromosomes quit reproducing. We start breaking down. Gray hair comes. We start getting all the bad things, okay? They're saying that if they can turn that gene on, not only are we going to live for a thousand years, immortal, you're going to be healthy. Guess what? If God's history is true, when God created Adam and Eve, how long were they supposed to have lived? But they didn't. Why? Because the wages of sin is death. If you have any system allowing death before Adam's sin, you've got a big problem. 
you're undermining God. You're undermining the character of God. Because God created perfection. That's what he wanted, that's what he gave us. All right? If his history is true, what should you find inside the human body? The capability to live a long time. Guess what's there? If that history is not true, and your alternative is, over the course of 14 billion years, hydrogen gas transformed itself through tiny mutations, and ape-like creature ev eventually turned into us, you think the capability to live for eternity should be inside of us if we came from incestuous apes? And by the way, that's the alternative. Now, what we see in the world is absolutely consistent. Harvard professor, there is no limit on the human lifespan. So this is a really big study right now because a lot of us are getting old and we don't want to die. So we're funding this stuff so that we can live longer. Um, um, this one, this one here. Let's blow up on this. Nobody brought this up. What's wrong with that? Huh? The boat's leaking. A leaky boat. We're going to come back to that as well. And remember the ones that you brought up because we will cover them. But I'm ADD and I can forget. Um, what else? What else? They're Caucasian? Mm, okay. How about their age? We'll come back to that. How about the modern-day animals? Did they take modern-day animals onto the boat? True, false speculation. I'm going to go out on a limb. False. You know why? If we try to take modern-day animals onto the ark, we're done. We're done. Because you could not fit two of every seven of some 10 billion species of animals that we see today on the boat. Couldn't do it. But could you take two of the original dog kind? Could you take two of the original cat kind? Two of the original cow kind? Two of the original, do you hear what I'm saying to you? You didn't have to take all 150 species of dogs that we see today. You didn't have to take all 38 species of cats we see today. You took the original kind, which, by the way, God said in Genesis. He created the kinds and as a consequence of coming off the flood, environmental changes, speciation, which we agree with and believe in. Oh, that's evolution. It's speciation. Cats turn into cats. Dogs turn into dogs. People turn into people. Yes, I agree with that. But worms don't turn into people. It's a different process. If you take modern-day animals onto the boat, you've got a big problem. Now, let's give it a positive. Well, no, we'll come back to it. We'll come back to it. Let's see, let's see. Oh, they were afraid? We'll come back to that one, too. We'll come back to that one. Denny, am I missing anything? Can we just watch the show, Dad? Come on. <laughs> the earth was a formless void, and darkness covered the face of the deep. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Okay, what'd you catch, what'd you catch? What's that? The accident's, the accident's killing you now. See, I brought it to your attention. ADD, brother. I mean, hyper-focused OCD. That's got to sex. That's got to go. Something else. Something else. Again, the chronology. They go from the flood back to the beginning. The chronology. The chronology, they're still at the flood. And I'm going to address that. I like it. But I'll tell you why in a second. We'll, we'll come back to it. But hold me accountable because I can't forget. Ma'am? Okay, the light, the light that we saw looks like the sun, okay? Anything else? Because then we'll try and address it as we go. Yes, sir? Right. Yeah. 
probably Aramaic or Hebrew. He didn't speak English either. I know, but then I couldn't understand it. So I mean, <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like, you know why I don't wear ties? This is my theology. I don't like ties. When you wear a tie, you're celebrating the curse. There were no ties prior to Adam sinning. So when you wear a tie, you're celebrating the curse. Amen. Hey, we don't go that far, all right? I am a son of a professional wrestler. I keep it simple, all right? And I can show you in Genesis where the tie came from. Genesis 4.15, Cain killed his brother. God put a mark on him. Tie. So anyway, um, the sun... They had the light source. But look at this, look at this. Anything else, it's hard, it's hard to see, but can you see the dots of lights back there? What are, those dots of, what are those dots of lights? I don't know. But if they are stars, it's wrong. Look, look, guys. This is an opportunity for me to have a conversation with my child. Not necessarily attacking these guys. Look, if they're depicting stars, look at that. I mean, that's pretty clear then what does God say on the topic? When did we get stars? On day four, not on day one when they're showing this. Now, I can't tell you that they actually, actually show that as the sun. I've looked really, really close at it. They show a light source. So the question that will come up many times is, is well, what was the light source? And, and I actually know what the light source was. Well, no, I know what it was not. It was not the sun. I don't know what it was. Now, I have a guess. Jesus is the light. I believe that he provided that light source. It was a temporary light source until day four when God created the sun, moon, and stars four times and seasons, right? Now, why would he not give us the sun on day one? Can I give you a speculation conversation point? What's the, one of the number one things that this world people worship? Almost everywhere you go, people, there's some sort of sun god involved. I'm suggesting that God didn't give us the, the sun till day four because he's like, guys, why are you worshiping the creation? Worship the one that created it. I didn't even need the sun. I didn't give it to you to day four. And by the way, when you get to the new heavens and the new earth, there is no more sun. God will provide that light source because it's an eternal light source. So I think he gave us some sort of a light source, but it was not the sun. But I can't tell you exactly what it was. Okay. I'll just butt in. I love this scripture verse, Revelation 21, 23. When it talks about the new city, it says, um, and the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and its lamp, and its lamp is the lamb. There's, so, two verse, there's two of them in Revelation 2. Revelation 21, 23, and there's another one, I think, in 23. I shouldn't say that, but I, I think it's twice in Revelation. Just keep running. Whoops. Sorry, trying to boom, boom, keep moving here. On the second day, God separated the waters to form the seas and the sky. What'd you catch? What'd you catch? Sir?
It's backwards. Well, think, think of it like this. Maybe I should address this because that, that point keeps coming up. They're on the boat, but they're quoting Genesis. What did Jesus do on the road to Emmaus? Two guys walking, totally distraught. Jesus was the man. He's not the man. He died. We're out of here. What do we do? What do we do? What do we do? Jesus comes up to them, starts talking to them. They don't even recognize him. And what does Jesus do to get them to understand why he did what he did on the cross? What does he do? He took them back to the beginning. I'm going to suggest to you, I like this because there wouldn't have been any fear on the boat. Look, I'm just going to be very transparent with you, and I'm not trying to attack anybody. I love the Lord. I do. But I am weak. I am weak. All right, I walk away from a ministry where I'm booked a year and a half out, and now I don't think I have anything booked in October, November, to be honest with you. And if I don't speak, I don't pay bills. Just being honest with you, okay? You think I don't have fear? Even though I know the Lord, and Lord, for six years you've provided, and, and I've seen this over and over and over again. I mean, something comes in, it's like, okay, this is crazy. We've, we've produced stuff that I dreamed of 10 12 years ago, and we produced it, and I am like this little one-man band with four assistant people helping a part-time, and I still like, God, I'm so frustrated with myself because I still, I'm afraid. I'm weak. I know what you've done, but I still have questions. I think that's totally human. And so what I try to do is exactly what I see going on here, exactly what Jesus did on the road to Emmaus. Carl, remember, remember, and take them through. This is why you're going through this, because, oh, okay, God, forgive me. I'm weak. So I like the fact that when they're in the midst of the challenge, they're going back. This is what God did. This is who he is. He's the creator. He's the one that can speak it into existence from nothing. There's nothing that he can't handle, that he can't take us through. So I... Look, I'm not a fan of this show. I made it to Sodom and Gomorrah. I couldn't watch anymore. I turned it off. I mean, they had the angels in there, the ninja angels killing everybody, and I'm like, dude, why do you have to send fire and brimstone? You give those ninja angels like 10 more minutes, they'd have taken the whole town out. So I was done. I'm not a fan. But that depiction actually encouraged me because I have my weaknesses, and so I have to go back Okay, you've done this, you've done this, you've done this. What am I so worried about? So I, I like the fact that they're remembering what God has done. Personally, all right? I just throw it out there for you. Yeah. Now, that's a good point. It, 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 and what she said is that it actually depicts that they had this knowledge. It was written somewhere. They had this information with them. Exactly the same words. Good point. I'm going to use that in the future. Thank you. I'm stealing it. <laughs> Sir. Amen. Here's a positive. They show it as a global catastrophe. We probably won't get to that in the end because this is long. All right. Um, they show it as a big boat. They, they don't show it as a rinky-dinky boat with giraffe heads poking up out of the chimneys. They show it as real days in Genesis. The majority of Christians today would compromise on that in a heartbeat and not think anything of it. 
they actually showed it as real days. I thought that was good. But I can't run by this right here. You need a little wooden mallet to spring into action to save the day? Guys, can I, from my heart, to me this is an attack at the character of God. Who gave them the design for the boat? And you think God's going to give them such a poor design that he's got to spring into action with a wooden mallet to save the day? And by the way, the ark is a, a direct picture of what Christ is, right? As in the days of Noah, you got to come on, come on, there's room. There's a judgment coming, you don't have to go through it. They rejected. Jesus is that exact same thing today. There's a judgment coming, you don't have to go through it. And if the boat that they created was rinky-dinky, what are we saying about Jesus? So this is, a, this is a hot button for me. This is one that me and my children would have spent a lot of time talking about. Ma'am. Right. So uh, the comment is, is that it's whacked because the man wasn't created till day six and they're on day three. But again, they have to recount that history somehow, and that's how the history is recounted. So, you know, this is the way God said he did it. I have a media communications degree. I do film work. I enjoy this. What I get to do with my dad and um, and have some fun with it. There is a lot of artistic freedoms yeah. happening in this, and so there's a big debate. It's like should Christians even make Christian media because you'll never get the Bible right. I can make a movie about my wife, but it's not going to be my wife on the screen. It's not going to be real. It's not going to be accurate. And so some people would argue, well, you just can't do Christian media then. No, it's tough. I'm not going to give you an answer if you should should not. That's not what I'm looking at doing right here. But I will just say this. They are trying to squeeze in what would take years yeah. to do it. And they're trying to, well, we're going to tell two stories at the same time. They're going to be telling the story, so we have two timelines going on at the same time. That's what they're doing. You either won't like it because it's like, oh, you're going to just confuse the people because you're not going with the Bible in the correct order. Or you may like it say, you know what, they're trying to fit in hours of footage in just five minutes. So it's, it's a debate. And some people artistically will not like that. And some people say, you know what, I see what they're doing there. They're, they're, they're trying to go with it. It's so. a Cliff Notes version of a Cliff Notes. And that was the point that I was going to make. He said, hopefully it's going to drive people to the Word. This is what it did. Think about when this show came out. All of a sudden, people started talking. And there was an opportunity, an opening in the culture for something that blew up. And it wasn't just Christians that watched this thing. It blew up in the culture. Do you know what that gave me an opportunity to do? Yeah, I know they showed that, but this is what the actual Word of God says. It was a springboard. It was an opportunity to have a conversation. So yes, it is not totally accurate. Done, sold, no argument. But it was a springboard to an opportunity. But how many of us took, took that opportunity to talk? So as a minimum, just talk to your children. Start there. Teach them that sort of a thing, okay? Let's keep, I'm going to try and run because uh, there's a couple other. Um, yeah, I'm skipping that, skipping that, skipping that. Let's go here. Oops, nope, can't skip that. Bada boom, bada boom. Yeah, this. On the third day, God created the land. 
with trees and plants and fruits. Will we ever see land again? Of course. Of course we will. The next day, he put the sun, the moon and stars in the heavens. And on the fifth day, of the sea and of the air and on the sixth day all the creatures of the ground real quick real quick couple points the topography yeah yeah the topography is totally whacked you think that there was all the erosional features on Garden of Eden do you think there was desert in the Garden of Eden? Do you think that, uh, and there's a hand back there, Denny. Do you think that, uh, oh, yeah, the camels in the snow in the Garden of Eden? So, yeah, the whole topography was totally whacked. Sir? There's still modern animals. Still modern animals, yep, big time. Uh, think of the cost they would have had to gone through to make... So they just took stock footage, because I get that same footage to do with my video, so. Uh, what I noticed is we haven't seen any of his sons. We've only seen the women and Noah. Why, why haven't we seen any of the sons? That's why? a really good question. That's the first time I've seen the sons. They, they, they do show them, um, yeah, but I don't, and not in this first five minutes, I don't remember that. I don't think they show them at all. That's a good point. I never we're going to have to go back and watch it. That's a great <laughs> question. I don't have a clue why they wouldn't have shown the sons. What's that? Men don't show fear, women do. Hey, dudes, dudes are, well, he is. They do try to make him the strong one. Hey, you don't think guys are afraid? That's a lie. <laughs> I'm afraid. They are cowering somewhere in the corner, I guess. Um, one, one thing I, I, and like you said, artistic, uh, freedom here and stuff, but I would have liked them to have, if I were to talk to these people, I said, I would really would have stressed you to put in their kinds yeah, and reproduce according to their kinds. I would have liked to have seen that. Yeah, but. yeah. no, they, they absolutely didn't do that. We got a hand back there, Denny. Just as I'm observing this, so I recognize that the, the structure is, is, no, is, is Noah talking to his family. However, to get to the stuff that we're talking about, like the topography and stuff like that. They would have had to GCI that stuff. Like they would have had to draw it somehow. They yeah. can't. So, but this picture for the modern viewer, even if they have no biblical reference whatsoever, at least they're recognizing nature, which is general revelation, which points us back to, back right, to God. Right. So, I mean, just, just from that point, um, like it's easy for us to say, well, this, look, look at the topography, look at these animals, but yet they would have had to make some, they would have had to draw some animals and right. draw some topography to really achieve what the folks on the ark would have known as animals and topography. He has the same problem that we have today. We don't know. He wasn't there at that original creation. By that time, Garden of Eden was off limits. He would have never seen it. So, and I yeah, it's all positives. speculation. I mean, they're actually showing days. If you were to watch uh, Noah, yeah. we'd be stopping the video every second. And we'd probably get three seconds into it and our hour would be over because they, you know, they showed us long days. And they actually do something very similar, but they show each day is millions of years. So, you know, we're not, we're not looking just to attack the show. Hey, they got some things right, yeah. which actually takes bravery in this world. So, yeah, <laughs> good job on that. I'll go to oh, one more. Oh, I'm sorry, two more over here. I'll go over here. Ladies first. Um, the criticism. 
You can't put all that information in that. that is, that's a huge issue. Anytime you go to the film realm, you can't accurately depict everything that you can't. Our imaginations can see so much more than what our physical eyes can. A good writer can make us do that. Interesting. <laughs> Noah waited till a, a catastrophe struck before he taught him about creation. Do we know that? Do we know that maybe he hadn't been teaching them all along, and now here's the perfect point to really, guys, I've been telling you about this. Let me tell you, and it finally <laughs> makes sense. But that's a good speculation. Now, for time, I'm going to do one last clip because this is kind of, a, kind of a fun one. We'll cut some other stuff up. But hopefully you're getting the idea what you can do. You can do this with your children. You watch it. Uh, now, me, for time, I'm not making you pull the Bible verses out. But that's what I would do. It's like, okay, Scripture, where does it say that in Scripture? Let's go to Scripture, see what it says, da-da-da. And I've tried to condense just so that we can get as much stuff in. But that would be the approach that I would take. But let's take this last one, because it's, it's kind of fun. And then he made us to live in paradise. Until Adam and Eve disobeyed God and ate the forbidden fruit. And with one choice, they learned both good and evil. <laughs> Dude, you just dated yourself. You just dated yourself because that's exactly, that's exactly what I said. But you know what the younger generation said? That's not Star Wars. Don't you re... No. No. Remember, you, don't, you guys don't remember the big to-do, the, 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 the headlines attacking this program because they did what? What's that? Oh, Obama. They made the devil look like President Obama. Dude, it was headlines. It was on the headline news. <laughs> now, when I saw this, I didn't see Obama at all. I was you, brother. I'm like, dude, they got the old guy, man. They got the old guy from Star Wars. I didn't see President Obama. I saw the old dude. <laughs> and by the way, the people that made this show supported President Obama. They supported his campaign. They voted for him. They were very open about it. They weren't mocking him. This is more fake news right there. What else did you catch? What else did you catch? Ma'am. The what? The what? Oh, the serpent wrapped around the tree, but the serpent had legs and walked upright. Please, somebody search that out and give me the Bible verse on that one. What else did you catch? What else did you catch? Nothing else? What's that? They got the fruit. They got the, hey, they didn't show it as an apple. Many times we see it as an apple. I can prove to you that the fruit in the Garden of Eden was not an apple because God said from every fruit that has seed you may eat, Adam or apples have seeds. So it was not an apple. What was the fruit? No clue. It was something we don't have today, but we'll have it again in the new heavens and the new earth. Why are there three people? Well, you had Adam and Eve and then the devil. Yeah, he's the devil. Yeah, he transitions into the uh, Voldemort-looking um, guy. <laughs> oh, by the way, we didn't come. Anybody get the, the, the legs? Legs? 
Genesis 3.14. Can you give her the mic so she can read that, Denny? Yep. Here you go. So people can hear it? Can I have glasses? <laughs> oh, yeah. So I, the I can Lord give you mine. God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. So does that say that the serpent had legs? Does that say that the serpent walked upright? Speculation. I would assume that that would indicate that, but that's not a sword that I will die on. I mean, you can't crawl on your belly unless you were walking upright at one point. But a lot of times we want to make that like, I, I hear Christians say, well, the serpent had legs. Scripture doesn't say that. It implies it, and there's a difference. So I want to be careful what I take a strong stand on and call a dogmatic statement of fact versus, well, this is an, a good assumption. We got a hand back here that has been real patient. In the over, um, in, in, the, in the audio, they say one choice doomed us all, kind of. And, and, and in the video, they did show Eve and then Adam taking, and it was, you know, it's always, it's kind of a little bit of a mixed signal. I wish they would have. You know, this is two choices, two conscious yeah. choices. Eve didn't doom us all. But ultimately, Eve and Adam both doomed us both all. You know? Ultimately, though, ultimately though, doesn't the scripture really give you the impression that it was the choice of Adam that it wasn't yeah, Eve? Yeah, more so. It wasn't Eve. Yeah, it was more us. So. Yeah, man blew it. We want to. Yeah. We, we want to blame the woman. At least I like to blame my wife. And yeah. uh, yep. but really, ultimately, it was our choice. We right. blew it. One last. One last. Um, you didn't mention Adam and Eve. They showed, and uh, hang on to your thought, and I'll just kind of wrap up a couple points. Adam and Eve, they didn't show them as blonde hair, blue eyed. That's a good thing, because you're not going to get all the blonde, you're not going to get all the different looking people that we have today from a blonde hair, blue eyed Adam and Eve. That's another talk, and we can go into it in a side session if you want. That was a good thing. Um, they did, I, I couldn't go for the crusty Adam, though. The real dirty, uh, the, the OCD is not going with that, brother. I mean, we are not going there. He was clean when. When God was done with him, he didn't have dirty fingernails. Oh, drive me crazy. He's eating with those dirty fingernails. No. Um, but they did get it right that he was born of the earth. He was what? He was? He, he was born of the earth in God's image. Yeah, I, that was a good depiction, you know, of the earth. But after it was all breathed in, he didn't have the crusties. No, we're not going there. Rising up out of the dirt. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how, I, you know, if you go to the Creation Museum, I love the Creation Museum, you'll see their depiction of the, the dirt coming together and Adam rising up out of it. And I have a big problem with that depiction because they show Adam and he's got like a six pack. And I'm like, why is a perfect guy got to have a six pack? I think the perfect guy has a keg, personally, but you know. Um, so you're going to have problems with any depiction that you come up with. But here's the thing, guys. Personally, I'm not a Bannett and Burnett guy. I'm a let's watch it, let's critically evaluate it, and I'm even more so critical of the Christian stuff. All right, lost or lost, that's why they are the way that they are. But when Christians put out stuff that put in messages, and we had to skip a lot of stuff, that undermine the authority of the Word of God and undermine God himself, we really do need to have those conversations. And so you can do it. It literally will become a game with you. It, it became a game in our house. It was like we're watching stuff and bing and bing and bing. And it was just a natural flow of things. And so I hope that you can pull a couple pieces from that and start doing that. If you're going to watch stuff, if you're going to play the video games, talk to my son. His whole ministry is on Apollo Media, apologetics, where it meets the media. 
You cannot believe, the, and forget about sex and violence. Talk with him about how God, Jesus, Bible, and Christians are depicted in the top-selling video games. If you're going to let your children watch the shows, watch the movies, play the video games, teach them to critically evaluate what they're engaged in. And so don't come to me on the game stuff. Go to him on that. But tonight we'll talk about TV and movies. We'll do that. We'll do what we did here, but a little bit broader, just examples from the TV. You want to close us up? Yep, then we got to close you up because we got to go. Uh, last night I had a girl in one of our uh, get-together studies, and she's like, it finally clicked for me. When she heard those quotes from yesterday's sermon of the people and the hopelessness that they had, she was like, I have something to share. I have hope to share to other people, and I need to do that. And that really, it, it was one of the most emotional, just breaking things that I heard the youth ever say in, in my years of ministry because I saw the passion. And so when you see my dad speak and he's doing stuff like this, that was a passion I got to grow up with. My dad, I'm still mad at him for saying the S word in front of you guys. He said, shut up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. he's not perfect. But you know what? He's real. And that's what we need out of us as parents. We need real. That's what kids just want. They don't want this fake, hey, we dress up for church, we do the thing because it's the thing to do. They want to have real conversations with you, and they want to see that passion come out of you. That's why we did this talk. The passion that me sitting down watching TV with my dad is a passion I grew up seeing. And that's a passion that our children, our grandchildren, our family, they want to see out of you. All right, let's go ahead and pray, and then we'll wrap up. Dear Lord, I just thank you for this time to do something different and to put into practice what you tell us to do, to be Bereans, to study your word, to have the word of God by our side and to compare everything we hear to it. I, I, I pray, Lord, for this next generation. They aren't being attacked with fake news. The fake news that says that you aren't real, that you didn't die for us, that the gospel message isn't true. And so I pray, Lord, that we are taught as families, as children, to trust in your word. Your word is true from the beginning. And so I just pray, Lord, that you just give us that passion, that desire to want to know you, to want to have that relationship with you, and to want to read your word. And I pray these things in your wonderful name. Amen.